Jesus is a real star. I'm just his hype man. In your face section. Come on. With Pete Cabrera Jr. Oh, Jesus, baby. baby. Yeah. Hey, guys. My name is Pete Cabrera Jr. with Royal Family International University and School of Identity and Lifestyle. And you are listening to the All Jesus Podcast. This is uh, the full guide to divine healing and training in the spirit. And today we're going to be talking about exposing the carnal mind and bringing it into the obedience in Christ, which means that you can use it. And we're going to be talking about that today. So guys, I really appreciate you guys. I love you guys in the name of Jesus. We're going to get started. Oh my goodness. Thank you for reminding me to hit the record button. Guys, check this out. Uh, I've designed this series. You know, if you're on your phone or you're in your car, if you're driving or walking or whatever, you can listen to this. You know, when I first started walking in the kingdom of God, before I started seeing miracles, I would listen to the DHT with Curry Blake. And he had one from Duluth, Minnesota. And I would listen to that. I would clean the church. I would be a part of, of, of a ministry and I'd be listening to it nonstop over and over. So there was 10, it was about an hour long, uh, an hour, an hour and a half, eight hours. I don't even remember how long it was, but I would listen to it as I cleaned the church. And it got in there, right? But now this is the time when I wasn't seeing miracles. I wasn't seeing manifestation. And I always ask myself, man, if I could ever create a series that you could listen to over and over and over again, because it's about repetition. It's about getting it into your mind and then getting it into your heart and then actually moving into what we would call a reality of manifestation, right? And so I said, you know, how can I create a series that would help people to come to this place that it would help them, that they could just listen to it over and over and over again. And this is the reason that it's free. This is the reason that I put it out was because you need to train your mind into this reality. And so I designed this series in a way that when you listen to it, it gets you ready. So you go to one, you get to two, you get, and it's all designed to lead you into a flow. And so when you listen to one, listen to two, and it's all designed to bring you to a place into manifestation. But here's the key. You have to, at some point, walk it out. You have to, at some point, lay your hands on someone. You got to, at some point, move beyond theory into practice, right? And that's the thing that we run into as Christians is that we always talk about practicing, but we very rarely do we know how to practice. And here's the key. <clears throat> A lot of us can be trained carnally. I was pastored in my own man for years and I didn't even know. I didn't even know that you could be pastored in the flesh. I didn't even know you could be trained carnally. I didn't know that, right? And I found out that this is very, 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 very prominent in the body of Christ because that was me. And there's a lot of us that get into pride. There's a lot of us to get into the flesh. There's a lot of us to get into certain areas that cause a lot of issues in our walk. And I'm going to show you something biblically today that's going to release you from a reality that probably you didn't even know was there. I'm going to show you something. And, and here's the thing. The scripture tells us that when the enemy has been caught, when you catch the enemy, when you catch a thief, that he's supposed to restore what he stole to you seven times. So today, we're going we're gonna to expose the carnal mind. We're going to expose flesh. We're going to expose carnality. And I'm going to show you what happens when you start understanding this truth and you start walking it out. Something amazing happens when you can actually train with the mindset of moving into the spirit, okay? So here's what happens, okay? And the reason that I'm, I'm hitting on this today is because when you're out there laying hands on the sick, you're going to have certain thoughts, right? Certain things are going to come up. You're going to hear voices in your head. Not that you're schizophrenic, not that you're dealing with this stuff, but because your mind has been trained since birth to believe a certain way, to um, speak a certain way. 
And one thing that I'm going to address in this teaching today is that you are not the mind. You have a mind, but you are not the mind. You have a brain, and you are not the brain. You are a child of God. You are a soul that is one with the spirit of the living God. Now, remember, we were not Jewish. We were not raised, unless you were Jewish, unless you were part of the children of Abraham, you had no idea. You had no idea about how this all of this worked, okay? You were carnal, you were a Gentile, you were just some person who was introduced to the Gospels, and then you hear about this guy named Jesus who goes around laying hands on people, you see miracles, and so it's a really odd concept to us as Gentiles when we start, you know, right in the middle of the story, right? It's kind of like if you watch the Titanic, but you start watching it right as the ship is sinking, and you don't know what's going on. And so a lot of us as Christians, when we start with the Gospels, is we don't know the full story. It's like watching something right in the middle and then trying to walk out what it is that Jesus is doing without really even understanding the story, without even understanding, you know, who the Messiah is, why he was coming, and what was going on, and what he nailed to the tree. And so we kind of start in the middle, and Jesus wants us to understand all of the word. Remember, he's Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning. He's the end. And I always start from the beginning because if you don't know how it started, you ain't going to know how it ends because the end and the beginning are connected. Okay. Now I was talking about will and purpose, the will of God. If you listen to it and you submit yourself to it, you will find your purpose in this world. They go together. So it's cause and effect, right? When you know the will of God and you submit to it, then it'll lead you in a direction. So now remember, God created man in a direction to go somewhere, to do something. We were designed and created by our creator to house something and to walk something out. And I'm going to show you biblically that something happened. And what will happen to you as you go out and you lay hands on the sick is you're going to struggle with certain things. Fear, worry, maybe you get anxious. Maybe some things happen. Maybe you have these thoughts that say, hey, I want to go up to that person, but what if I make God look crazy? What if I lay hands on him and nothing happens? What if they get mad? What if I look silly? Like all these things you're going to run into when you're in the field. And when you're training in the field is when you address these things. Now, the Holy Spirit will always ask you, why are you feeling that? Why are you going through that? How are you going to address that? And a lot of us don't know how to address the things we're dealing with because we're not being trained in the spirit. We're being trained in the flesh and we're trying to wrap our minds around certain things that even if you were to wrap your mind around it, it would toss it out. It would say, you know what? It's, it's over my head. I don't understand what's going on, yada, yada, yada. But I'm hoping that today as we talk about this, that it encourages you to look at things from a separate lens, from a different angle, if you might say. Okay, so we call this exposing the carnal mind and bringing it into the obedience of Christ, ministering from the right mindset. Ask yourself this the next time you go to church, the next time you're, you're you know, with, within the body of Christ. Ask yourself, how many people in here actually know who they are in the spirit and actually know how to tap into that part of who they are? And nine times out of ten, a lot of us don't know what's going on. We're just kind of hoping that things happen, kind of hoping that God just has mercy and kind of hoping that God answers our prayers. And kind of, We're kind of just hoping, right? Let's start off with what death is, biblically, okay? If I was to ask you what death is, many of you would answer with death is, you know, separation from God. Uh, the wages of sin is death. That's what a lot of us say. And, and you'd be right. 
But here's what's interesting. All of that is true. All of it. You'd be correct. But it's only explaining what the consequences of death is. It's not telling you what death is. It doesn't tell you what it is. And today we're going to talk about what it is. Now remember, we were all dead in our transgressions. And we were all spiritually dead. Okay? Ephesians 2.1 confirms. And you has he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. And, you know, I want to get into this so bad when it comes to the whole sin issue. Because a lot of people don't know what sin is. Like we'll say it's transgression of the law. It's missing the mark. It's this, it's that. But scripture also says that for him to do right and does it not. It is sin. So sin isn't just what you do. It's also what you don't do. That's very interesting. So then death in this sense is something that we were. Okay. It's a part of what we were. Even though we're walking around drawing breath, even though we're walking around animating things, you know, a life, we were dead. We weren't in the ground, but we were dead. Okay. So we weren't buried. We were walking around. Okay, this is something that we got to think about because when God is talking about death, he's talking about it from a different plane. So then death in God's eyes means something totally different than what we as mortals would call death, which means that when we see death, we think of something that ceased to exist. But in the eyes of God, things don't cease to exist because remember, when he gives you life, it's who Christ is and Christ is eternal. And I talked about this in the last video. I was talking about how he sowed an eternal seed into a mortal body. So we are eternal. In the spirit, we're eternal beings. Now, the flesh, the carnal part of us, that is not eternal. That's going to go back to the dirt. Scripture talks about that. So check this out. Romans 6, 32. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. So that means that there's something that comes because of sin. So sin is something that has wages, which means you get paid. You know, when they say wages, you know, that's why it says that he paid for sin. He paid for the price. The wages of sin is death, and he paid those wages. So when those wages are paid, it's been paid for. So then that means that's, that death shouldn't have any more power over you, right? Okay, Romans 5.12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin... And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Give this some thought. Sin came first, then death. Because it says, wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. So sin entered into the world. Sin came first, and then death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Sin came first, then death, then transgression. Then the consequence was death. This tells us that death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. So remember, there's the transgression first, sin, then death. 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 22. But now is Christ risen from the dead and became the first fruit of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also resurrection of the dead. I love how it says by man. So there's the first man who's Adam and there's a second man who's Jesus, the Christ, okay? For as in Adam all died, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. So they're making a distinction here between the first Adam and the second Adam. So the first Adam, when he came through sin, because of sin, all fell and all entered into death. So then according to the scripture, death was our identity. So we were all in Adam. 
resulting that we were all made dead. And now we're all in Christ, once we're born again and made alive. You have to know that. So everyone who's in Adam, watch this, 1 Corinthians 15, 20 through 22. Let me read it again. Watch this. But now is Christ risen from the dead and became the first fruit of them that slept. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam, all died. So we were all in Adam. So we were all dead. Because it's an identity. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about what it is. So we were all in Adam. We were all dead. Now we're all in Christ if you're born again. So 1 Corinthians 15, 49 says this. And as we have bore the image of the earthly, that's the first Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly. That's the second Adam. Now remember, we're all in the second Adam if you're in the resurrection, if you're born again. What is death and how did death enter the world? That's the question. We're not asking how sin entered the world because we know how sin entered. Sin entered the world because man transgressed what God said. So that's sin. But we want to know, how did death enter? Because you have to know that. And I'm going to show it to you. That's the question. How did death enter? Because we entered death. We entered into this reality. The wages of sin is death, but we have to know what it is. So let's talk about Adam. Okay, let's talk about the fall, because we have to know. And once you know this, it changes everything. So Genesis 2, 9, and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food and the tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Now, if you've seen my last podcast, if you've heard it about the two trees, if you haven't heard it, you should go back and watch it. But I talk about these two trees because we're two parts. The tree of life is a tree that gives life. It is life. So that tree is connected to God because that tree gives life. There's another tree that's called the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and that tree is connected to the earth. So there's two trees. Now, we're a two-part being, and you have to know this. There's two parts to us. There's a spirit part to us that's in life, which is in Christ, and there's a part of us that's in this world that's, that's a, we would call a carnal being, a mortal body. So let's discuss the commands given in Genesis 2, 16 through 17. But first, let me read it. Genesis 2, 15 through 17. And the Lord God took the man. And put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree of the garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat you will surely die. So they're going to die. Now remember and this is very interesting because Adam and Eve didn't know what death was. They didn't even know when they say you will surely die. They didn't know what that was. Because remember death is a foreign topic it's like so alien because like okay what is death because we're in the garden we're with god we're in life we're in his will we're here with him so this death thing we don't know what that is but we're gonna die if we ever eat from it and here's what's really crazy about this verse it says in the day that you eat therefore you will surely die in the day as if god knew there was gonna be a day that they were gonna because he didn't say hey you will never eat you shall not he says in the day that you eat you will surely die, which is very interesting. That's a whole nother conversation, but we're not going to talk about that one today. So let's discuss the commands given in Genesis 2, 16 through 17. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat in the day that you eat, you will surely die. So then we have two commands, one to freely eat and one not to eat. 
These are the two commandments that are written. These are the first mention. You always go to first mention. What's the first command that God gave? God commanded the man that he may freely eat. And then he commanded the man, you shall not eat. So the first two commands are eat, shall not eat. Those are the two commands. Then the issue we run into, and this is it. Didn't God give them a choice whether or not they could eat? Didn't God give them free will? This is the issue you're going to run into. Because here he gives two commands. I would challenge the question. The scriptures tell us he gave them a command. Adam and Eve was given a command, not a choice. Then the question is, well, then why did they eat? We're going to run into this, right? Why did they eat then? And that's where the serpent comes in. But I'm going to stop right here real quick before I get into that. Okay, look. God told the man, you may freely eat of every tree of the garden. Okay, so then the question is, if God wouldn't have commanded the man to freely eat, would the man freely have eaten? And the answer is no, because God gave his creation a command. Now, remember, we are all under a command. Now, you're going to run into an issue right here because we're going to talk about what, the, what death is. We're going to talk about what sin is. We're going to talk about this because when you're out there, you got to know what it is you're battling. This is something that you need to know. Everything that a king does is a command. Okay. And scripture even says, he says, I put before you life and death, choose life. So God always tells you what to choose. He doesn't say choose whatever you want. In fact, I tell people when he gives them the 10 commandments, they're called 10 commandments. They're not called 10 suggestions. They're called commandments for a reason. And when you break a command, it's called sin. It's not called free will. When you break a command, it's called sin is called lawlessness now remember we live in the law of the spirit which means that the law was given to the spirit and it governs it which means that you can break spiritual laws it doesn't mean that it's free will it just means that you're breaking a spiritual law which means you get into something that causes you to break this law and we call that free will but it's not free will it's called disobedience and we're going to talk about where this will came from Okay, we're going to talk about it because people tell me, Pete, God gave them free will. No, God didn't give them free will. God gave them a command. But then you'll say, but he gave them a choice. Once again, he never gave them a choice. He told them to freely eat. And he told them from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. He didn't say you may freely eat and then you can choose to eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. He gave them a command. In fact, and I'll read to you. At the end, that when they ate from it, he, he said to Adam, did you eat from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? He didn't say, did you eat from the tree that I gave you free will to kind of eat from whatever you? No, that's not how it works. Now, remember, if you're going to be walking in power, you have to know where the source of power lies. It lies in a command. It lies in, in, in the Christ who would not bend or move from what it is that God said. Now, that spirit lives on the inside of you, but there's something that's going to cause you to question what it is that God said. Now, you're going to say that that's free will. That's what you're going to call it. You're going to call it that. But we were given freedom of choice to choose, to choose. And you would say, well, that's the difference, right, between what will and you. You could choose to follow this will or you could choose to follow that will. That isn't what we're talking about. We're talking about as a person who lives in an identity. Now, we know that the scripture tells us that the flesh wrestles against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh, and they're contrary to one another. So no one will argue the fact that flesh has a will. 
Flesh has a will and the spirit has a will and they're contrary to one another. So then the question is, what is this free will that most struggle with? Well, we call that a double-minded man. He hasn't picked a side yet because the scripture tells us that Jesus is the will of God. And when people say, you know, well, you know, I want to do the will of God. Well, if you want to do the will of God, you got to get rid of this thing that we call free will and you got to submit to the will of God. And you're saying, well, Pete, what does this have to do with anything? Because I have to show you what death is and how it tries to attack you even now in the Christ. Ready? So here we go. So if the serpent would have not been introduced in the story, man would have not fallen. Don't forget that. Without a serpent, there can't be a fall. There can't. Because evil has to come from somewhere. And it can't come from what it is he blessed. And he blessed man. Okay? If the serpent would have been there, man wouldn't have fallen. Man had a choice, but God never gave them one. He gave them a command. Think about it. God didn't give them a choice. He gave them a command. God doesn't call it free will. He calls it disobedience. I believe we have freedom of choice, not freedom of will. Flesh has a will and the spirit has a will. And this called the double-minded man who hasn't made up his mind on what he's going to live in. But this doesn't answer the question, what is death? It states in Genesis 2.25, and they were both naked. And the man and his wife were not ashamed. Remember this. They were not ashamed. You got to know this. I'm going to read Genesis chapter 3. But here's what I want you to do when I read Genesis chapter 3. I want you to read it with a different mindset. I want you just to hear what it says and go through it as I read it to you. Give this some thought. Now, the serpent was more subtle than any of the beasts in the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? So we have to confirm that the serpent is already getting them to question God. That's what the serpent's doing. The serpent is getting them to question what God said. And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the tree of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said you shall not eat it, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Now I love here in Genesis chapter 3, 3 that they added, neither shall you touch it which we know God never said that, which means it's just as dangerous to add to what God said. So it isn't just about questioning what he said. It's just as bad if you add to what he said, because God never said, don't touch it. He never said that. So why did she do that? Why did she add to the text? That's why I tell people, that's why it's in there. Don't add to the text, right? Don't do it. And the serpent said to the woman, You shall not surely die. Now, remember, God himself said that the day that you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. Now, the first opposition right here is out of the serpent's mouth that says, you shall not surely die. You shall not. For God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, then their eyes shall be open, your eyes shall be open, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, this is very interesting because there's some truths here. And the Bible says that the devil's a liar that there's no truth in him. So then the question would be like, why is he being honest right here? Because he's an honest thief and there's no such thing as an honest thief. What he's doing is he's giving you some truth to get you to question the ultimate truth. What I mean by that is this. The Bible tells us that the serpent's a liar. So by nature, he's a liar, which means no matter what he says, even if it sounds like truth, you're to dismiss him as a liar. And that's the best thing you can do is when you hear a lie like that from a liar, I don't care if he's telling the truth. I don't care if he's showing you facts. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a killer. He's a murderer. 
I don't even want, I don't even want to give him much thought. I don't want to entertain that at all. That's the best thing you can do. Now, when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasing to the eye and a tree to be desired and to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also to her husband that was with her and he did eat. You know, this is very interesting because a lot of people always ask me, well, why did Adam eat? Why didn't he stand up to her and say, hey, you know, don't eat that. That's a really good question. And the eyes of them both were open and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. Notice they hid their sin. What is sin? Hey, check this out. Guys, I'm going to give you a nugget right here. The first thing they did was cover themselves. So then the question is, why did they cover themselves? And it's in Romans 6, 6, knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. What? The body of sin? What? Yes, man became one with sin at the fall. Man was one with righteousness before the fall. One with God is what they were before the fall. They were righteous. They were righteous. They were one with God. And at the fall, they became part of sin. So then the question here was, what is their body being covered? Why, why are they ashamed? Right? I asked earlier, you know, I said, hey, don't, don't forget. It says here that they were naked and they weren't ashamed. The reason they weren't ashamed is because they weren't in sin yet. They were in righteousness. They saw everything through the right lens. And now that they fell, it was self-awareness. They looked at themselves and something said they were naked. Something made them feel ashamed. And they covered their sin, which means they covered who they were. Because now they were one with sin. Now remember, everyone who was in Adam is in sin. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. So I always tell people that when you live in the flesh, you're in sin. When you're walking out carnality, you're in sin. Sin isn't just what you do, it's also what you don't do. Sin was an identity and, and, and it was part of your nature before you gave your life to Jesus. You were a sinner because you were fallen. You were once one with sin. This is why Jesus came as a man. You know, and you can read it in uh, Hebrews chapter 2, 14 that talks about that, that the children were partakers of flesh and blood and Jesus partook of the same that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death. We still got to talk about what death is. Who had the power of death? That is the devil. So Jesus came in the likeness of sinful flesh and nailed it to the tree. When you get in the flesh and you get into carnality, you're going to sin because that's what it is. The body of sin. Now we live in the body of Christ. We're going to talk about that later on. They covered themselves because it's what they were. They were sin now. They were covering themselves. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of God from the Lord God amongst the tree of the garden. Now remember, they're hiding themselves because it's what they are. It's what they've become. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, where are you? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree where I commanded you not to eat from? Guys, Adam is dead right here. His son is lost and has entered into death right here. How'd it happen? Because when he said, Adam, where are you? Adam is gone. Adam is not there anymore. 
There's something else here. This is fallen Adam. This is a man who's hiding himself from the presence of God. This is a man who's feeling fear. This is a man who's not what God created. Something happened to him. Something entered him. And it was death. And we're going to talk about what death is. And here it is. Because we have to answer the question. Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. So how did Adam die? They became carnally minded. When God said, in the day that you eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you will surely die. So then the question is, how did they die? They became carnally minded. Romans 8, 6 is the only verse you'll find in the Bible that will tell you what death is. It explains it to you. For to be carnally minded is death so how do you walk out death you walk out carnally minded you walk out a carnal creation you walk out carnality this is why the scriptures tell us in romans chapter 8 that if you're in the flesh you cannot please god because that's what a death walk is when you're in the flesh before we gave our lives to jesus we were all dead all of us, we walked out carnality. We were in the carnal mind. We were listening to the voices in our heads. We were just doing everything that it was telling us to do. And we're going to talk about why this is so vital in Christ. Romans 8, 7 through 9. Because the carnal mind is at enmity against God. So right when Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, enmity entered him. He hid. Here, here we have God's first child. The Bible says that Adam was a son of God. So God was raising Adam as a son. And his son, after the fall, went and hid himself from God out of fear. There was something that caused him to hide from God. And what was it, ladies and gentlemen? It was the carnal mind that was the enmity against God. His mind was woken to the realities. You know, when people tell me, oh, there's this whole thing, this wokeness. Woke, no, this is wokeness right here. When you wake up, to carnality that's what being woke is when you wake up to oh man myself i'm carnal i'm flesh i'm this i'm that and that's where fear comes in depression anger worry all of this comes out of this mindset and it's against god romans 8 7 because to be carnally minded is death but it says here in 7 but the carnal mind is that enmity against god for it's not subject to the law of god Neither can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. So be that the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, if any man have not the spirit of Christ, he's none of his. So check this out. Can you be born again in the spirit and be trained carnally and live in the carnal mind and claim to be spirit filled? Can you walk out carnality and see everything according to the flesh and be spirit filled? With the spirit of the living God living on the inside of you. Fully equipping you in every area of your life. And yet we're looking at things through a carnal lens. Give that some thought. Think about it. We're being trained in the carnal mind. We're being trained in what we see. We're being trained in what we feel. We're being trained in emotions. We're being trained in stuff that's going to lie to us all day long. I tell my son, look man, emotions will lie to you. Feelings will will lie to you all this stuff will lie to you carnality will lie to you everything look the god of this world is a liar if you think that the god of this world is being honest with you 
you need to give that some thought because the God of this world, his main job is to deceive you because he's a liar and there's no truth in him. He couldn't be honest to you even if he wanted to. Everything that the enemy's saying to you is rooted in a lie. Everything. No one will argue that. No one. And the man said, the woman that you gave to me, she gave me of the tree and I did eat. And the Lord God said unto the woman, what is it that you've done? And the woman said, the serpent tricked me and I did eat. Now everyone will confirm that the serpent did trick her. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, because you did this, you were cursed above the cattle, above every beast of the field upon your belly. You shall go eating dust all the days of your life. Now, if you remember in Genesis chapter two, verse seven, the Bible says that we came from the dust. God took the dust of the ground, formed man and breathed into his nostrils, the breath of life and man became a living soul. And here it says that the curse is that the serpent's going to eat dust all the days of his life, which means that we became carnal at the fall. And now the enemy is going to eat away at us all the days of our lives. It eats flesh, carnality. That's what sin and sickness is. It eats away at the flesh. It eats away at every part of you in a mortal sense. I tell people this. This is why you got to get into Christ. You got to know this. And if the serpent is not biting you himself, carnal Christians will be biting you. Carnal Christians will be attacking you. Carnal Christians will come against you. Carnal Christians will take on the identity of the serpent and come after you. And I tell people, look, the enemy can't touch you, but he's looking for some Christians that are deceived and they'll be the ones that'll stone you to death. They'll be the ones that'll make videos about you. They'll be the ones that'll make you look crazy in front of everybody else because they're looking at you from a carnal perspective. They have bitterness and anger. And the Bible says, whatever there's envy and strife is every evil work. And a lot of Christians that are being trained into carnality will work the fields in the serpent's identity, in the serpent's nature, in carnality, in flesh, causing all kinds of issues. They'll be muddying waters. They'll be stepping over the grain. They'll be causing a mess and issue and havoc. And, and, we're, and then we're over trying to fight spiritual things. And it's just carnal Christians making a mess of everything. It's very interesting. We have weapons ladies and gentlemen i want to talk about that guys if you wouldn't mind hitting the share and the like button on this we want to get as many people healed and delivered from the lie as possible 17 and unto adam he said because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of your wife and has eaten of the tree of which i've commanded you not to eat from see he said i commanded you not to eat from that curse is the ground for your sake and sorrow shall you eat of it all the days of your life thorns and thistles shall bring forth thee, and thou shalt eat the herbs of the field. In the sweat of your face shall you eat bread till you return unto the ground. So all of us are going to be returned to the ground because we're all going to die mortally. This body's going to go into the dirt because that's what God said. This is why we resurrect. This is why we live in the Christ. This is why we go off and we live eternally, but not in these bodies, okay? We live in the body of Christ and we receive new bodies according to the scriptures, okay? Not in this one. This one's going to go to the dirt. This one's going back from which it came because of the fall. The thing is you don't want to get in the dirt mentally, physically, and emotionally, okay? You want to stay spiritually minded where there's life and peace. 19, in the sweat of your face shall thou eat bread, Tell you I return it to the ground for out of it you were taken from the dust you are from the dust you'll return. And Adam called his wife the name Eve because she was the mother of all living. Unto Adam also to his wife did the Lord God make coats of skin and clothe them. God is the only one who can cover sin. And when Christ comes, he doesn't cover it. 
He gets rid of it. Guys, we know this because Jesus curses the fig tree. The fig tree represents the spiritual condition of the people of God. And he didn't want to use the, the leaves from the fig tree because he went to get fruit from it and there was only leaves there. And he cursed it at the root because he wants fruit. He wants to produce fruit out of you. He doesn't want to cover your sin. So he got rid of the fig tree, which is the spiritual condition of what you were before you came to Christ. So the leaves don't cover you anymore because Jesus doesn't cover your sin anymore. He separates you from it. And now you can produce because of that. And the Lord God said, behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put his forth his hand and take also from the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth out of the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he came. So he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubs and a flaming sword and which, tur which turned every which way to keep the way of the tree of life. Did you know that you are not the mind? You're not. You have a mind, but you are not the mind. Let's get back to that. What if we've not been trained to renew the mind? Give it, like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Give us some thought. Here's where it gets scary. Let's say that I take a group of people out into the streets. And it's, let's say I'm taking you out there. Let's say you're out there right now and you're walking around. And you're trying to find someone to minister to. But you haven't been taught or trained to live in the spirit. So you're walking out there and all the feelings that you get, all the emotions that you get, all these things that are happening to you, right? You haven't addressed them in the right spirit yet. You're still in the fallen mindset. You're still in the carnal mindset. You're still in the earthly man, um, emotions and feelings and all these things. Like, don't misunderstand me. It's not a bad thing. You got to know where they come from. And we're going to talk about this. You got to know where these feelings come from. Look, every feeling is rooted in the thought. Every feeling is rooted in a thought. I mean, you have a feeling first and then you have a thought. You have a thought and then it creates an emotion and a feeling. So if you were to renew your mind to think the right way, to think according to the spirit, every thought and emotion that you would get would be a kingdom one. Romans chapter 12, verse two, watch this. And be not conformed to this world. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So you have to prove what is the perfect will of God. You can't prove the perfect will of God if you believe you have free will. You have to be in the will of God to produce the will of God. And we know that Jesus is the will of God made carnate. Uh, he's the, the, the total walk is the will of God. He came to do God's will, not his own. Even Jesus said, not my will be done, but your will be done. We know when he's saying not my will be done, that means the will of the flesh, the carnal man, the earthly man, not that will, but the will of God. All of us need to learn that walk. You have to be renewed. You have to walk this out. It doesn't happen, guys. You have to practice this. You don't just get up in the morning and then you think spiritually. You have to constantly train in the spirit, mentally, physically, emotionally. You got to get in your word. You got to talk to God. You got to be there. You got to be present. You got to be there mentally, physically, emotionally. You have to. Nobody gets to escape their walk. Nobody gets to walk away from this reality. All of us have to do it. None of us are exempt. All of us have to be trained in the spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit is sent to you as a teacher. Holy Spirit is not going to teach you in the flesh. He's not going to teach you to walk this out carnally. He knows you're going to cause more issues walking it out in the flesh than if you got in the spirit. And he just won't do it. He's not going to go there with you. Because remember, everything that we walk out in the flesh is dead. The old man's dead. Flesh is dead. 
consider yourself dead. Like all that God considers you dead. He's, he's assuming that you know that's not you. So everything that he gives you, everything that he gives you, everything, wisdom, knowledge, power, all that is given to the new man who's in Christ and you walk it out in the spirit. If you walk it out carnally, you're going to have issues because you're going to second guess God. Well, I don't know why this didn't happen. Well, you know, I laid hands on him, but he didn't get healed. And so you're going you're to be a double-minded man. And you're going to be sowing seed and at the same time yanking it out. Did you know that when you release the word, you're one with the word and the word became flesh. When you release the word, you're releasing a part of who you are in the Christ. So if you say be healed and then you say, I don't know why that didn't happen. You just yanked it out because you didn't sow that seed in faith. You sowed that seed in doubt, and that thing is not going to produce. And a lot of Christians who walk around like, I don't know if this is going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. And you know what? The children of God, they don't question God. They honor God. But you can't honor God if you're in the flesh. Because remember, according to the scriptures, the carnal mind's at enmity against God is not subject to the laws of God, neither can it be. Which means that you have an atheist living on the inside of your head trying to convince you that that voice is you. That the flesh is you. That the carnal mind is you. That the anger's you, that the pity's you, that the sadness is you. Now, these are emotions and feelings that come out of a mind. You are not the mind. You have a mind. And when you bring the mind into the subject of Christ, then you can produce the right feelings, the right emotions, the right language, the, the right manifestations, right? You produce these things come from the inside out. So let me read that again. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which means that if you're not renewing your mind, that's probably why you haven't transformed yet. You have to be transformed. Jesus did his part. Jesus sat down. He's done all he can do on his end. Now you have to be transformed into the image. You have to walk it out. You can't sit on the sidelines and tell Christ to walk it out for you. He won't. You're supposed to get into the Christ and walk out the Christ. The Christ doesn't walk it out for you. You get into the Christ and you use these limbs to manifest his reality here on earth. And the, the world is eagerly awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. So we manifest who the Christ is on a daily. But that will only happen if you renew your mind to this reality. James 3.15. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly unspiritual and demonic which means this if you think earthly if you think you're from this world if you think that hey when you gave your life to jesus you could just live how you lived before if you think you just get up in the morning and nothing's changed supernaturally nothing's happened to you and you just get lost in the sauce and you walking around and you forgot the bible says that's demonic it's demonic to just wake up in the morning and think, oh, you know, I'm just an average Christian. It's demonic to think that your wisdom is earthly wisdom. It's demonic, the Bible says. It's not even spiritual. You got to get out of that. You got to train your mind to think spiritually. For you have the mind of Christ, for you have not so learned Christ. So you have to learn who the Christ is for you. Believe it or not, you are supernatural. You are not natural. You are supernatural. Romans 1.28. Watch this. This is what happens when you forget. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Question. What if we all lived in a reprobate mind before we gave our lives to Christ? What if that was our identity? What if everything about us 
was against God. Wait, to be carnally minded is death because the carnal mind is that enmity against God. It's not subject to the law. So before you gave your life to Jesus, you lived in that type of mindset. You had a, a reprobate mind. That was you. And if that's your mind, you can only walk out what you believe. You can only walk out what you think about. You can only walk out what you embrace as truth. So if all that was who you were, then you were your whole life was reprobate. Everything about you was reprobate. Everything. What you said, what you did, because you were the antichrist spirit. So everything you said and everything you did was a lie. That's very interesting. And so you give your life to Jesus, and this is all because of the fall. Because Adam, when he ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the Bible says that they knew they were naked, but God said, who told you that? Because he knew that that who is not a part of you. Because I know you. God said, I know you. I made you. I formed you. I didn't put that in you. That came from somewhere else. Where did you get that from? Who told you you were naked? Did you eat from the tree that I commanded? Oh, so you did something that I told you. Why'd you do that? And then he asked Eve, and he, why'd you do that? This, oh, the serpent. And then God said to the serpent, because you did this. Because you did this. So the serpent will always get you to question what God said. And here's what's interesting. When we were in Adam, we all had a room, right? A room means naked, but it also means subtle. It's the nature of the serpent. All of us had the nature of the serpent. We were by nature the children of wrath. So by this nature, our mind was trained to believe according to this nature. And so this is why the carnal mind is at enmity against God. And it's not subject to the laws of God. But it will be subject to you if you renew it. This is why Romans chapter 12 verse 2 is so powerful. Because you can train your mind to submit to truths here in this reality. You can make your mind subject to God. It doesn't want to be subject, but you make it subject. Because remember, the mind is yours. It's your responsibility. The Holy Spirit doesn't renew your mind. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to become a son of God. And you have that power by becoming something, but you can't become something if you don't have the power to renew your mind into that. Romans chapter 12, verse 2, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which means you were given power and dominion over that mind to transform your mind into thinking in lines to the spirit. That's what it's all about. So once again, what if we all lived in a reprobate mind before we gave our lives to Christ? And guys, you know, I have a whole series that I do on Pepper. If you haven't done, if you haven't heard Pepper, you got to listen. Uh, Pepper, in case you're asking, uh, Pepper is a puppet that I use. And I use him to, uh, to animate the carnal mind, right? It's the voice. I, I put a face to it. And we call him Pepper, the carnal mind that's an enmity against God. And it's what you used to be. You were sin. You were Pepper. You were the carnal mind. You were that because remember, you were animating everything that you believed. You were animating the, the way you lived according to the mind. Now, now remember, the mind is the platform on which you run the race. So if your mind is tore up, your walk's going to be tore up. That's just the way it is. As a man believes. Let's talk about this mind. It's like having an atheist living on the inside of your head, trying to convince you that the voice is you. But it's not you. The voice in your head is not you. St. Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. For the weapons of our warfare 
are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. You cannot fight carnal things with spiritual weapons. You can't. You can't fight your carnal mind with a spiritual weapon. You can only cast it down because this mind will get in the way of everything that God is asking you to do. So imagine this. So when Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, the carnal mind at this point was awakened. How do you know? Because it says that their eyes were open. So they have new eyes now. And what eyes are these? Oh, they're thinking carnally. So if you think carnally, you're going to see carnally. So he saw carnally, he spoke carnally, and he acted carnally. That's what happened at the fall. Who told you? He heard something? He saw something? He said something? He hid? This is very interesting. So I want to show you something. And for those who are going to be hearing this audio, they're not going to understand this. Let me show it to you in a way that you understand. And if you get this on audio, you won't be able to see it. But I'm holding the cup. See this cup? Let me show you something. I want everybody on here to see this cup. Okay, now I want you to say cup. Okay, now I'm going to move the cup. Now I want you to, to see cup. I don't want you to imagine cup. See, I can see my wife. I'm not imagining her because my wife is real. She's not an imaginary person. She's an actual real person. So I'm not imagining my wife. I'm seeing my wife. Excuse me. I'm seeing her. I want you to see cup right now. I want you to see it. Can you see it? You're not imagining it because it's real. Look, here it is. It's a real cup. I want you to see it. Can you see it? Okay. I want you to notice. You saw without seeing. You heard without hearing. And you spoke without speaking. That's the real you. That's the soul. You are a soul that has the power to see. You have a soul that has a power to speak. You're a soul that has a power to hear. And it was given to you. This ability was given to you so you can hear God, you can see God, and you can speak to God. And he shows it to you in the spirit. That's why the Holy Spirit is given to you. And that's what training in the spirit is all about. But if you don't know the difference between who you are and who you're not, you're going to think you're training in the spirit and really you're just training in the flesh. And you're going to be hearing a voice in your head that's going to say, hmm, I don't think God said that. And guess what? You don't question God in the spirit. Everything's yay and amen in Christ. But the minute you start questioning, I wonder if God said that. That means you either don't know your word well enough or you haven't asked God, or you haven't come to the place where it's written, and so now you're questioning. And see, this is where the enemy works. The enemy says, did God say? Which means he wants to know if you know what God said. Did God say? That's a question. Did he say that? And you should say, yeah, that's what he said. Or no, that's not what he said. That's not what he said. That's where we're at. Now, in Matthew chapter 4, we know that when Jesus was in the desert, the Bible says that he was led into the desert into the wilderness by the spirit the holy spirit led jesus into the desert to be tempted of the devil he was tempted of the devil and the devil came and said did god say so how does the devil tempt you he tempts you by getting you to question what god said and if you don't know what god said you're gonna fall that's what it's always about the serpent's main job 
It's to get you to question. Now, because of the fall, we all became one with that nature. It says that by nature, we were the children of wrath, that we were once darkness and now we're light. So we got out spiritually, but carnally, we still have the mindset of the fallen man. We still have the mindset of a devil. We have the mindset, according to scripture, I just read it to you, James 3.15, we have a demonic, a devilish type of thinking. It says in James James 3.15, such wisdom does not come from heaven, but it's earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. Did you know that before you gave your life to Jesus, you were demonic? Before you gave your life to Jesus, you were a devil. Before you gave your life to Jesus, everything about you was going into the fire. Everything about you was going to hell. Everything about you was heading into the pit to be destroyed. We were by nature the children of wrath. So mentally, physically, and emotionally, your entire identity was demonic. So Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which means you can be a Christian and still be demonic. Not that you're demon possessed. That's not what this is about. You are deceived in believing that you're still the old man. You are deceived in believing that you're still carnal. You are deceived in believing that that's who you are. Now, re remember the scriptures tells us in Romans chapter 128 that you could be handed over to a reprobate mind. It doesn't say he hands you over to a spirit because you're one with the spirit of Christ. You're one with Christ. Why would he hand you over to a spirit if that spirit possesses you in Christ? He wouldn't do it. You would be handed over mentally physically and emotionally and carnally to what it is that you refuse to get out of. And we know this when you read the Corinth letter, because that's what it's about. It's about us walking out carnality. So here's what happens when you're out there and you're training in the spirit and you hear something, something like, well, I don't know if I should do that. I don't know if that's of God. The first thing you do is you got to read scripture to that, to come against it. So if it says, well, I don't know if that's my gift, salvation is a free gift. And I've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. That's a scripture you can use when that comes up. Because hear me out. A lot of us are waiting for this devil or demon or evil spirit or, or Satan to show up with this pitchfork. That's not how it works. Because if you knew it was him, it wouldn't be deception. Okay, so then the question is, how is he deceiving you? How is he using you? And he's going to use flesh and he's going to use carnality. He's going to use everything that you used to be to come and get you. All the things from the past he's going to bring against you. All your feelings, all your emotions, all your anger, all, all the things. That's why he's looking forward, forgetting those things in the past and looking forward, right? Because that's what it's about. The enemy, carnality, the flesh, the carnal mind, all the things that are not of God are going to come against you in a way that they know how to get you. Because remember, we're a part of that reality before we give our lives to Christ. So all of that is going to be carnal. So when you're out there trying to lay hands on the sick, and that thing that's not renewed says, oh man, that ain't going to work. You know that's not the Holy Spirit. You know that's not who you are in Christ. That's not even standing in faith. Faith is about believing God, right? And everything's yay and amen. So when you say, I don't know if that's going to happen, that's the carnal mind that's an enmity against God. That's the part that you need to renew. You don't get it to think like that. You don't get it to talk like that. You renew that. You take those thoughts captive and you make it say what it needs to say. And you say, oh, I am not the mind. I'm a soul in the spirit. And my main job is to renew my mind to walk at a reality that's in Christ. And that's not it. 
So guess what? You're not going to think that way anymore. You're going to think according to Christ because the Bible says I have the mind of Christ. Therefore, if I have it, I can use it. So I need to renew you into the mind of Christ because I need to tell you to be quiet. I need to tell you to stop getting nervous. I need to bring you into the obedience that's in Christ. And you can't do that anymore. You can't. I got to take you captive. And the scriptures tell us in 1 Thessalonians 4, 4, that you are to possess your vessel in sanctification and honor, which means that you can tell your body what to do. You could tell your mind how to think. You could tell your eyes where to look. You could tell your mouth what to say. But we don't teach in this because we're teaching carnality and we're blaming everything on spirits, on devils, on demons, on the enemy. And there's no accountability for our walk. There's no accountability into maturity. We're not going to grow into maturity until we understand that there's nothing out there that can affect me when I'm in Christ. And that's the problem in the body of Christ. For some reason, we just don't train in the Christ. We don't train in the mindset. We don't train in the realities of the kingdom of God. And you're going to get the same things you're getting over and over and over. Look, if you're being trained in the flesh, you're only going to get what the flesh is going to give you. And that's hurt and pain and let down. And in the kingdom of God, you don't get to fail. You get to take the test over and over and over again until you get it right. And a lot of what we're struggling with is because we're not submitting to what God said. We're being reminded that we are not being obedient to God's word. And the result of that is suffering because we're suffering because we're not submitting. We're suffering because we're not believing. We're suffering because we're not lining ourselves up to the will of God. We're suffering because we're not doing what he said. And what we do is we blame everybody and their mama for what's happening to us. And you can't blame anybody because when you stand before the throne, the blame lands on us. And that's why I train people in the spirit. Get out of the flesh. Now, remember, when Adam ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, something woke up carnality woke up if you're not mindful you will find carnality waking up that's called falling asleep you will fall asleep through the things of god and carnality will come in anger fear worry depression hey all these things will start to come up you got to take these thoughts captive you got to take these feelings you got to submit them and you know what your sacrificial life that we are a living sacrifice we're a living sacrifice. You are sacrificing the old man. You are sacrificing carnality. You are sacrificing everything that you were in your walk, which means I want to say this, but I'm not. I'm going to say this. I want to do this, but I'm not. I'm going to do this. Hey, I want to respond this way, but I'm going to respond this way. That's called sacrifice because you're sacrificing everything you want to do to what you need to do. And how it needs to be done. And that's how you honor God in every area of your life. So now, when you're laying hands on the sick, right? We just got this. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So we lay hands on the sick. But guess what your mind's going to say? As soon as you take your hand off of them, well, how do I know if they're healed? Well, I need to go ask them. Well, I need to find out. And then doubt comes in. And then you'll lay hands on people. And some people will be sick. And some people will walk off limping. And then your mind will say, well, then if you are the son of God, why didn't they come out? If you are being trained in spirit. And that's exactly how the enemy talks. If you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. If you are the son of God, do this. If you are the son of God, look, we don't have to do anything. That's what it's about. What's easier to say? Sins be forgiven or pick up your mat and walk. Because in the kingdom of God, it's about what you say in the Christ. And if you say it in the Christ, then you know it's done. Remember, there was 10 lepers. And Jesus didn't follow them to see if they were all healed. He gave the word. He gave the command. And he walked away. And one of them came back. He was in awe. He said, wasn't there 10 of you? 
Wasn't there 10 of you? Meaning, I'm, I'm at all here. I said all of you, but only one came back? Wait a minute. That's the mindset we got to have. When I give a word, go present yourself. You're going to be healed. That's what it is. And you know what? When they went, they were healed. But the one that came back was made whole, which means that his body parts came back. He was instantly healed over. The leprosy stopped in all of them. But the one that came back to give glory to God, he was made whole, which means that everything on him was restored because he came and gave glory to God. The carnal mind won't let you give glory to God. You'll say, oh, the leprosy stopped and you'll go live in the flesh and you'll go live out there. And that's what it's all about. It's about when you understand who you are in the Christ, you subject yourself to who the Christ is in every area of your life. What's this mean? This means that when you're out there, when you're listening to the Holy Spirit, practice on everybody. Nobody is free. Nobody is safe from a blessing. Nobody. Everybody who's around you is going to get blessed. Everybody who's around you is going to be an opportunity for you to practice who you are in the Christ. Smile. Get excited. And when you have a downfall and you get into a, like maybe a bad attitude, you have, hey, you can, you can overcome that right then and there. You can get in the spirit and be like, okay, hold up. I dropped the ball, but you know what? I can, I can stand up right now. I could dust myself off. And you know what? I could do right by that and go apologize and say, hey, man, I'm sorry. Forgive me for that. You know what? I'm training. I'm training for raining, man. Everything that I do and everyone who I talk to, everybody's an opportunity for me to manifest the Christ. And I haven't quite learned it all yet, but I'm learning. So, hey, forgive me if I was acting rude. And if I ever do that again, hold me accountable because I don't want to act that way. Because that doesn't glorify God. And I know you didn't like it. And I know it hurt your feelings. But you know what? Forgive me for that. Forgive me for the way I acted. Forgive me for the way I responded. Forgive me for what I was doing. Because I'm learning to walk in forgiveness. Because I've been forgiven. If I've been forgiven, then that's what I am. And if I am forgiven, then I have to walk that way. And for a person who doesn't want anything under his skin or in his mind, I don't want to go to bed tonight and feel condemned for what I just did. Because I know how the carnal mind works. The carnal mind that's enmity against God is going to say, hey, you're worthless. You ain't going to make it. You're, you're the worst Christian ever. God will never. Like all that's going to happen. And I don't want to give that any any type of room so i'm gonna go ahead and nail that right now and i don't want to go back tonight and and get in my head did you know a lot of christians get in their head you're wrestling with death you're wrestling with death the carnal mind is at enmity against god and the bible says to be carnally minded is death people who wrestle in their mind over all the things of the world are getting depressed people who get in their mind and they're getting they're getting sick because that's death. You're wrestling with death. You're not supposed to wrestle with death. You're supposed to wrestle with God. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Man, that's what all that's about. Stop wrestling with death and get to wrestling with God. Get to wrestling with the word. Come on, Jacob wrestled with God. The word of God became flesh. And wrestled with Jacob. Did you know that in order for the word to become flesh for you, you got to wrestle with some stuff. You got to wrestle with, okay, this is what God said. I don't know if this is true or not, but there's something in here that's not letting, I'm going to wrestle with that. And you and you don't let it go till it blesses you. God, I'm going to wrestle with your word. I'm going to wrestle with what you said. I'm going to wrestle. You said I'm going to be healed, and I'm going to wrestle with that until you bless me. If you see my face, you're going to die. The old man needs to die. The old man needs to see the face of Jesus. He needs to die. Look, the old man needs to see God because he needs to die. And I'm not going to let you go till you bless me. So guess what? We're going to wrestle with this truth until you bless me.
We're going to wrestle with this. You're out there on the street. I'm going to wrestle with this fear until you bless me. I'm going to keep going up to every single person, but I'm not going to do it in the flesh. I'm not going to do it in the carnal mind. I'm going to renew my mind into who I am in Christ, and I'm going to go up to people. And everybody that I go to, I believe that the Holy Spirit will fill my mouth with words. I believe that he'll give me the right mindset. I believe that he'll give me the right emotions as long as I'm training with him. On a daily, every single day I get up, I get in the word, I talk to God. This is what I need to do today. Come on, Holy Spirit, how can you help me? How can you help me? Show me, teach me, talk to me. Don't let, don't stop. Keep pushing me, keep challenging. And you know what's going to happen? Everything that's in your way from walking out to Christ is going to be made manifest to you. Every little issue that you've ever had, the Holy Spirit's going to poke that. And he's going to say, address that. Why are you being rude? Holy Spirit's going to be like, address that. Hey, why, why do you worry about finances? address that hey why do you feel like you need people to give you attaboys address that hey why do you always need to talk in a bible study address that hey why do you always feel like you got to be right all the time address address that because it's about who you are in me me and you are partners and if i'm right i gotta make you like me i can't be made into the image of you you need to be made into the image of me which means that we need to walk out who the christ is that's what the holy spirit is gonna say I didn't come so I could look like you. I came so you could look like Christ. And so that's the wrestle. How do we wrestle? And that's what the whole Jacob thing. Remember, Jacob was wrestling because he said, what's your name? My name is Jacob. He's like, no, the wrestle is you're not going to be Jacob. You're going to be Israel. So the wrestle is you were Jacob. You were trickster. You were that, but not anymore. We're going to wrestle with that. And when you're done wrestling with me, you're not going to be called Jacob anymore. You might even walk away with a limp. You're not going to walk away the same. Something's going to change in your walk, young man. <laughs> Something's going to change in your walk, Sandy. Something's going to change in your walk, Letty. Something's going to change in your walk, Auntie M and Bryce. Something's going to change when you wrestle with God. And people are going to know it. Why is he limping? Why is he struck? Because he's been wrestling. He's been wrestling with God. He's been wrestling for that blessing. He's been wrestling for it. He ain't been quitting. He ain't been giving up. I'm wrestling for a healing for you. I'm wrestling for your salvation for you. I'm wrestling that you be blessed. I'm wrestling for that for you. I'm wrestling with that because I have to be the man of God that can steward all that Christ is so you can have the blessing. And I want to be a blessing so you could be a blessing. And he told Abraham, he said, hey. I'm going to make you a blessing, Abraham, so through you all the nations will be blessed. So guess what? We're a blessing, and we got to learn to steward that blessing so we can become a blessing for everyone else. Now, remember, they were digging wells, and that water represents life to the lands. We have a well now. Remember, Jesus is our well. We have rivers of living water on the inside of us. We are walking around. We are wells of blessings everywhere we go. We give spiritual life everywhere we go now remember the physical well gave physical life to animals and land and this and that but we're spiritual wells everywhere we go you could draw from me remember the woman that said how am i gonna draw jesus for the the well is deep and i have nothing to draw with that was a lie because the bible tells us that when she left she left her bucket that she was drawing with so she had something to draw with but what he was talking about is, hey, I want you to go deep. I want you to dig spiritually for what it is I want to give you. See, you're trying to get natural water, natural blessings. But there's a blessing. Oh, if you'd have known the promise, if you'd have known the gift of God, you would have asked of me and I would have gave you this water and you would have never thirsted. And you know what? If we have that same Christ, 
then we should say the same thing. Draw for me. Draw right now. And you know what? We can do that anytime we want. Give us some thought. If Jesus asked you right now, draw for me, where would you draw from? The flesh? Carnality? Fear? Anger? Christ always asks you to draw for him. Always. Because it's about him. And he's the water. And you're drawing from him to give to his children, to give to all those that are struggling. And when we go out on the streets and we see people, we see people dying of thirst spiritually. We see people starving spiritually. They don't have the manna. There's a famine for the word. There's a famine for the spirit of God. There's a famine right now. And everybody's hiding it with music and, and, and uh, physical things, with money, with cars, with all kinds of just feeding their carnal selves. And they're dying spiritually because we're being trained carnally. And we're trying to draw people in physically and carnally. And then we don't give them anything of what it is that Christ wants to give them. And that's why this podcast is so vital. Because I want people to understand you can be trained in the spirit. You can walk in this reality. You can go out there. And when you're laying hands on the sick and that carnal mind comes up against you, you're like, no, you cast that thing down. And you tell it what to think. And you tell it what to say. And now you take all these things captive into the obedience of Christ. And now you get to walk out who you are in the Christ and you don't get trained carnally when you understand this. And a lot of people will go free. Now, remember every time you lay hands on the sick, you're stubborn. You stand on that word. Even if it doesn't manifest right then and there, you say believers shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. It didn't say when it said they'll recover. And if that's what it says, that's what it says. Well, how come this? I ain't worried about that. I'm being trained right now to believe God even if I don't see it. Because he told Thomas, blessed are those that don't see, yet believe. So don't you want to walk away blessed? That means that you have to believe it even if you don't see it. You have to believe it even if you don't see it because you're training your mind to believe a spiritual truth. There's a spiritual truth there that's so real and it only uses this vessel to manifest a spiritual truth. So there's no separating you from God. It's going to happen through this vessel. So you might as well get this vessel to submit to the truths of God now. Because there's no separating yourself from the word. The word must become flesh, which means that you have to show the world that God's word is true. But how can it be true if it's not even true for you yet? Which means that you have to be more stubborn than anybody else in the room. The Bible says that God is looking for someone to show himself strong in. And I believe that that's you. If you're listening to this podcast, I believe that that's you. And he will look around and he'll find someone that he can sow his word out of you which means that you'll get that word and you'll sow it and he knows that when you sow that word you're not going to yank it out it's going to stay there when i pray for someone it stays there forever look everybody that i've ever laid for since the beginning when i started laying hands on the sick i never said oh i don't know why nothing happened oh i don't know no 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 no. i put that word in there and it's going to stay in there and i sowed that thing in faith which means that if i planted that thing that you're healed then that's what it is because it came from me and if i sowed it that's where it's going to stay until it produces fruit. Why? Because I sowed it. I did. And it was given to me. And if it was given to me and I'm to steward this, then it's going to stay there until it produces. I don't care how long it takes. I'm the guy. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. It's going to, it's going to happen. It, nope, nope, nope. And then the enemy's going to be like, well, how come it ain't happen? And that's the carnal mind that's an enmity against God. And you're like, oh, nope, sorry. Sorry, I'm not the mind. I have a mind, but I'm a soul 
that's one in the spirit, and I have another mind, which is the mind of Christ, and I'm renewing you into the mind of Christ, which means that you need to stop talking like that. You need to stop thinking like that. You need to stop. And even when you do that, I'm not going to listen to you. You listen to me. You listen to me. That's how it works. It's not the other way around. You used to run things before I gave my life to Jesus. But now, Christ is on the throne of my heart. And now, we do things according to him, not according to you. Now, you used to run things, but not anymore. You've been overthrown. And, oh, man, you gone. Oh, man, you dead. Carnality, you got no say. Pepper, flesh, carnal mind, shut up. Don't want to hear it. Keep talking. I'm still not listening. You're going to be yapping. You're going to be talking. Doesn't matter. Not listening. Not listening. Why? Because uh, that's the fall. Dig I say? Dig I say? This is why I tell a lot of ministers, you better know your word. Because if you don't know your word, you're going to have your whole congregation rolling around on the ground questioning what God said about whether they're free or not. You're going to have people losing their minds, questioning what God said about them. You're going to have them questioning everything God said because that's what training people in the flesh does. Training them in the spirit is the same as if Jesus himself is standing there because you stand in the Savior. You stand in the Christ. And if you're being trained in the flesh, you're just sheep. And Jesus wants to bring you into the fold so he can teach you to get into the shepherd. And this is the big difference between being trained as sheep and being discipled as children of God. And children of God are shepherds who have a staff and they can swing that thing at sin and they can swing that thing at sickness and disease and they have power and authority over everything that's trying to attack the sheep. But if you're being trained in the flesh, you're going to be the one fleecing the sheep. You're going to be the one training the sheep the wrong way. And you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. You want to train them into the realities of God. So the next time you're out there, when you're out there today, go up to someone and watch what happens. Get this mindset. Put this mindset on. You're going to train in the spirit. And when you're out there, you take it serious and you, because it's about souls, right? And you go out there and you smile and you have a good time and you train yourself into the joy of the Lord. You train yourself into the laughter. You train yourself into all the things that Christ has for you. Enjoy it because you are being used by God into his heart and his heart is to set the captives free his heart is to bless his like that's his heart and if it's his heart then we train out of that heart and we obey from the heart and we don't let this get in the way and when you go up to people you love on them and you speak to them out of this place and you don't let this get in the way you renew this and you start manifesting the Christ we're not looking for results you are the result of what Jesus paid for you are the result of what he's done be the result don't look for it. You are the result of everything that he paid for. And that's what it's about. So guys, in the name of Jesus, when you're out there, you go lay hands on someone. You say, look, I want to come up to you because I noticed that you have something going on. I don't know what's going on, but this I do know. I know that God loves you because I love you. And you know what? He doesn't want you to suffer and I don't want you to suffer. I'm going to lay hands on you in the name of Jesus and I'm going to command you to be healed in the name of Jesus. Now, here's what's going to happen. Your mind's going to say, nothing's going to happen. Oh, that's stupid. That, but you know what? You shut that down. and You move it. And you just stay focused. And you say, you know what, Lord? I thank you. I thank you for who you are. And you start speaking. And you start prophesying out loud. Out loud. You combat that mindset. You don't get stuck. You don't wrestle in your head. We don't do that. We're in the spirit. This is an ESP. You're not moving a miracle with your mind or your imaginations. You're speaking truth and you're standing on it and you're allowing God to be God. 
Don't train in the flesh. And just lay your hand there. And you're going to find, this is very interesting, there are times when you can just stand next to people and just point. And I tell people, silence the mind. Because people ask me, what are you thinking? I'm not thinking anything because I don't live in my head. I live in Christ. I'm not thinking anything. I'm speaking his word. My thoughts do not determine my spiritual reality. My spiritual reality is in Christ. And regardless of what I'm thinking, that's where I'm at. The mind won't understand that. And I realize this. I get in the Christ. I don't let my mind get in the way. I don't let my thoughts get in the way. I just do what I need to do. And I lay hands on them. And in the name of Jesus, that's what it is. And I just silence my mind. And it has no say because I'm moving in the spirit. This isn't mental. This is spiritual. The mind is not who you are. The spirit is who you are. You are one in the spirit of Christ. This is 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Those who are joined to the Lord are one spirit. We're being moved in the spirit, not moved in our minds. We cast down imaginations and things that keep us from moving in the realities of God's uh, truth and in his word. And that's what it's all about. So guys, that's what it's about. So guess what? Oh, Jesus. Time, baby. Guys, if this has helped you, my PayPal is Pete Cabrera Jr. Ministries at Yahoo.com. If you want to be a part of what I'm doing, I'm here every Friday. I'm going to be faithful to you. Whether you give or you don't give, just remember me. Pray for me. Keep me uplifted in your prayers, guys. I want to set people free. I want people to be healed. I put this out this for you for free. If Look, I want you to walk in the realities of God. So, don't so. I'm okay. I'm doing this for you. I'm giving you an opportunity to partner with me and to partner with the kingdom. Either way, I'm partnered with Christ and I'm going to give you what it is that he wants to give you. The rest is on you. I don't condemn you if you don't want to give. If you want to give, you give. If you don't want to give, you don't give. But know this, I love you and I want you free and I want you setting the captives free. So guys, in the name of Jesus, www.royalfamilyinternational.com and you can go to the site um, I'm also traveling if you want me to come out and do a training I'll do it just let me know hit me up inbox me um, you can also go to my email which is uh, the lambs vessel at yahoo.com that's the lambs vessel yahoo.com bring me out I do a training for you I sit down with you I do a Q&A whatever it takes I take you out on the streets I love working with people I'm just that guy man I don't hide I don't run I don't do the whole VIP thing I'm the most down to earth guy you ever meet because I love people I love people so guys I love you guys in the name of Jesus I love you thank you for joining me share this with someone if this helps you in any way leave a comment let me know how it helps you if you want me to touch on a certain subject just let me know, and I'll do that for you. So, guys, in the name of Jesus, I love you guys. Thank you so much. Be blessed. Be blessed. Be blessed. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. God bless.